0: Lobbying firms, trade associations, K Street used to be a big safe haven for retiring lawmakers, but not anymore. We're going to discuss the job market for particularly former members of Congress with our friend Julian Ha, who's the head of government affairs and trade associations at Heydrick and Struggles, and Kate Ackley, our senior reporter uh, who covers lobbying and campaign finance and things like this. Julian, Kate, welcome to political theater.
1: Thank you. It's great to be back, and thank you for having me in your beautiful new studio.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, it's uh, it, it's always good. I look at these uh, as sort of a continuation of the state of you know sort of lobbying affairs, and particularly people who may want to work <laughs> in in them. Uh, this will be your third appearance on on uh, political theater, and I I, uh, I I enjoy our conversations because I always get uh, just a great um, sort of insight into into the state of things, and and uh, and I I. Don't mean to to speak for Kate at all, but Kate certainly uses you as a source, so she must she must think somewhat uh, highly of your of your capabilities and knowledge, Julian.
2: Exactly, I discovered him. Right.
0: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, when we first uh, brought you into political theater uh, a little over a year and a half ago, Julian, you, you know there was. You know, relatively early in the Trump administration, we didn't know what was going on, and you gave us this great uh, soundbite, which is that the state of uh, the swamp is is constipated. Uh, you do, we didn't know what was going on uh, earlier this year. We we sat down and discussed you, uh, the the state of things with you, and you said that the the swamp is starting to move a little bit. <laughs> it's, uh, um and where are we now? Because we've gotten an idea of. You know the retirements are starting to take shape uh, right now. Some people are resigning, but there's a people are renouncing their retirements, particularly people from Texas, Republicans from Texas. Uh, it seems to be across the board. There's a level in terms of levels of experience, but where where are we in, say, the hiring cycle for for trade associations, lobbying firms, and so forth?
1: Well, I think um, you know if we look at specifically former members, right? Mm-hmm. If we focus on that first. Um, the the attraction of former members to gravitate towards uh, senior trade association CEO positions um, has really changed. That 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 landscape has shifted. Um, you know, even ten maybe maybe fifteen years ago, there was always a um, sort of a, that was a go to candidate pool, um, and we we've seen a generation of former members uh, hold those positions, but we've also seen now generations stepping down. Right, that Dave McCurdy's and mm-hmm. soon the Cal Dooleys of the world uh, will be departing, and it's interesting to note that they were not backfilled by former members.
0: Yeah, and and McCurdy, in particular, at the uh, the chemistry, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, the Natural Gas Association. Pardon me. Um, I mean, it was this very long goodbye, too. Right. I mean, like they like they announced that he, that he was going to be retiring like way in advance, so they could do a, like a real big proper search. And and uh, to me, that that uh, signals that. They're really concerned about stability as well, and they want they don't want to take they don't want to roll the dice on anybody. I mean, McCurdy's been there for a long time, but but it's but they're, they're cautious, it seems too. But they're well, you, you could also say it's good
1: good a plan, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to give them credit, and, and uh, I think if you if you look at Cal Dooley, that was even a longer one that was paused, if you recall, uh, for for Cal to be able to uh, work with the association and its members. To raise a fairly significant sum to address the the plastics situation, right? right? And then once that was accomplished, the, the search resumed, and I think it was just announced maybe a month ago for a successor who again was is another trade association CEO, Chris Jan. Uh,
0: and and Kate, your your story that's that's on uh, rollcall.com and 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 CQ. Uh, ad- addresses that the, you know much the same thing that, um, uh, that that the market is not what it used to be, that it isn't this automatic. Um, is, what were some of the people say like Julian? What, was, what were they telling you about why this has changed? Why is the landscape changed like this?
2: Well, I think in the trade association world, there's been a lot of upheaval. Um, we've seen trade associations consolidate. Um, we've seen members of trade associations consolidate, so then you have fewer members in a trade association. And, and basically what, um, what I've covered over the, the past few years is there's, um, there's disruption in the entire lobbying world you know, because of the Trump administration and uncertainty about the business environment. Um, but some of this is also kind of just unique to to K Street in that um, you know, trade association members are have gotten very uh, demanding. You know, they don't want to pay dues at ten different groups and not really see the value. So they want their trade associations to be nimble, to focus on advocacy, um, and to be able to, you know, show uh, policy victories and and things like that. These are are less bloated. Um, if you will, sort of operations, both, uh, you know, K Street firms, uh, corporate in-house operations and trade associations. I, I don't know if Julian has has found this as well, but, um, you know, they're pickier. They want people who are going to work really hard and who are willing to lobby, who are willing to register to lobby. And so some of these, uh, you know, the retiring members or recent former members, um, you know, they resist that. They, maybe they're considering that they want to go back into politics at some point and they don't necessarily want to have a K street record that their potential opponents can throw in their face. Um, but they're also, you know, they have to get used to, um, working without their staff entourage. Um, I talked to former Senator Norm Coleman, who's a Republican from Minnesota. He's at um, a big law and lobbying firm Hogan Lovells now. And and he basically said, you know, he's a former member himself, and he said K Street isn't hungering for... Former members, you know, they want people who are, you know, more likely at the high staff level, who are really used to getting into the weeds and can manage people, um, but who don't necessarily rely on this, you know, entourage of people to help them, you know, do their job.
1: I just want to add to that. I agree with everything Kate has said, and, and I think it's reflect, reflective of how um, trade associations. Just to focus on that for now. Uh, have really changed in terms of what the expectations are of them and also how they can be effective. And that's, I think, also reflective of how advocacy in general has changed, right? So let's say 10, 15 years ago, uh, the model was to hire a former governor, a former member, a former senator, um, and and they were probably effective at that point in time, being able to uh, access leadership, being able to um, uh, sort of orchestrate uh, deals right at that level. But if we look at advocacy these days, it takes much, much more than just that, right? Yes, that's part of it. Being able to make that call, get, get that meeting. But beyond that, you need grassroots, you need social media, you need all these other venues and all these other channels to get your message across. And, and again, not to diminish uh, what, what former members can bring, um, I think just the, the cottage industry of trade associations has evolved so much and become much more professionalized. And that's why when I conduct searches, um, search committees often uh, do, do recognize that, that they want somebody who has run another association or has become familiar with that because it, they see it as a unique uh, environment that not just anyone can parachute in and, and all of a sudden run and I, it it almost
0: strikes me that it's we see this in other industries uh, say journalism for instance i mean journalism has changed remarkably over the last 10 20 years um, and, and we're, the, the expectation is is that you're not just you know writing a story and then going home you know i mean you're you're promoting it yourself on through your social media your own personal social media channels as well as your organizations you're speaking at events uh, you're you're speaking on television, other uh, television or radio, or you know even to sometimes competitors. It seems. Um, I mean, like it, the job is more expansive. Um, do you often have to talk to members uh, who, who you may be recruiting it and and sort of bring them into a new reality from what they may expect that a, a life in uh, on, on uh, in the in advocacy would be like, Julian? No,
1: I I, I, I do, and and I, I you know I have um, I. I speak truth to power, and mm-hmm. I, I tell these folks um, kind of what the market is. And and look, the good news is there are many members who are self-aware, right? They, they realize that the landscape has changed, and they um, they emphasize how hands-on they are, that they can operate without an entourage, right? But that's not, again, it's not everyone's speed, it's not everyone's capability. Um, uh, I have worked with former members, I've even placed a few, and, and, and those are exceptional folks, and they're doing well in those positions but the the you know, the unfortunate truth for some of these folks who are retiring or resigning is that uh, some will find homes and some won't. That's just the reality,
2: well, and they not necessarily come cheap. I mean, you know, when I talk to people for this story, it seems like sort of the entry level, you know, salary or or package for a house member, just your you know, average house member would be something like five hundred thousand dollars. Most wouldn't entertain offers for any less than that. Senators, maybe a million plus. Uh, there's a huge variety. And I'm sure Julian has a lot more, um, you know, intimate understanding of the compensation packages, especially for um, corporations. But, um, you know, they're not going to just take a, a job that might double their salary, um, which which would be actually getting pretty close to that 500000 But, you know, they want I think their expectations are higher. I think everybody expects to get um, a multi-million-dollar package, and those are the those are the gigs that just really um, are in short supply. But even if they get that
1: that gig, Kate, um, as you well know, you know they, they do have to work hard for it. I think even Senator Coleman says, right, you know got to roll your sleeves up, and 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 just the days of uh, being a name and 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 you know and that in of itself being sufficient are are. are definitely not not there anymore. Uh, and, and look, there are some members who are very, very hard working and, and they transition well and, and they um, and, and they get after it. Right. And and they reinvent themselves and because they want to stay engaged, they want to leverage all the policy experience and committee service and leadership positions they may have held uh, into a, into, a, you know, another Adjacent but still familiar world.
2: Do you think that's part of it? That there are already there are already so many former members who are out there. I mean, I'm thinking about like Trent Lott, who was a Republican from Mississippi, and his business partner, um, John Bro from Louisiana, who's a Democrat, they're at Squire Patton Boggs and started their own firm before that. I mentioned- And they're joined you know, by you know, Joe Crowley now yeah. and Bill Schuster. Right. right, and I mentioned- and John Boehner
0: their, before that. That's right, right. that's
2: right. <laughs> that's one firm. So is there, are there too many out there and there just isn't room for more or is there something else going on?
1: I, I think there's always room, right, for the right people as always, right. right? So if you have the right level of experience, seniority, name recognition, um, there are always firms on K Street that are looking to build that out. And and I think that there's still room. It's just the, uh, you know, it, it's supply meeting demand, right? You, you've got to bring the, the goods, you've got to bring the experience that that firm and its clients are looking to enhance or develop. Uh, and, and that's when the magic happens.
0: So John Boehner, we mentioned, uh, you know, who's a squire patent box, like he he was a fairly unique individual in that he had these pretty extensive policy chops. You know, uh, he was the chairman of the Education and Workforce Committee. He worked on Shell Left Behind, uh, and he was also a, a member of leadership. Uh, I mean, ascended all the way to the to the Speaker of the House. It it, the, it when I see you know like a roster like the the one we just talked about and how it's like you know Lot was in leadership, Crowley was in leadership. Uh, I wonder if we're seeing some. The, the advocacy world kind of reacting a little bit to the way Congress has changed, too, because Congress policy chops, I would argue, are not as valued um, among members because the leadership styles in both chambers and both parties is so top down. I mean, you know, you're you're basically you're given your marching orders. the The way that, say, the tax reform package a couple years ago came together was was really um, very very rushed uh, and and wasn't as like rigorous as, say, the 1986 tax reform, which took two years. and I, I wonder are we seeing some of that? That there's a that there's they want firms want people that are more calling the shots, like like members of leadership where committee chairmen used to be the ones who were calling the shots in, in Congress and are not any longer?
1: I, I think that's part of it. I think, you know, when earmarks went away, right, it, it's harder to control your own, your team and your caucus. Um, so you, in some ways, you have to go higher and higher up to to command the respect and be able to whip votes. Uh, but again, you know, Jason, it does depend on, no. on the members you know, and I guess the needs of the individual and tenure, you know, and, association, and just their own brand. Yeah. I mean, just like yeah. you were saying, you know, journalists have to, you know, sort of create their own brands these days. Uh, mm-hmm. Search people have to create their own brands. Uh, I think members, you know, have, have always had to create their own brands, and I think even more so in this day and age. And and we've we've seen cel- celebrities emerge right from that, um, but uh, how they then transform that into a into a profession on K Street is is uh, you know I think what we're seeing a little bit of. Uh,
0: Yeah, it also seems like that the members themselves have other options, too. Um, One of the people who is leaving Congress this month, Sean Duffy, he's a Republican from uh, Wisconsin. He was elected uh, um, in 2010, I believe. Uh, he, you know, he's he's citing some family issues. Uh, he needs to basically make make some money, and I would think that you know he has a background in television. He he, uh, you know, came to fame as a, as a member of the the real world on MTV, and then I think Road Rules. Uh, and so, and he's good on television too. He's a fairly reliable surrogate for the administration and for Republicans. I wonder if he. You know, he he looks at it like, sure, he was on the Financial Services Committee, as Kate, as you pointed out in your story. But also he's he's good on TV enough that he might be an attractive contributor for, say, like Fox News or Fox Business or, you know, MSNBC or something. Or and, and <laughs> he, could, <laughs> he could, But he could do
2: both, too. Right. I mean, and a lot of these former members, they serve on boards, corporate boards and things like that, which um, that can pay pretty well. So sure. I mean, port, port, you
1: know, the portfolio approach, right? Yeah. They right, can like, put well,
2: together a number of gigs that kind of – and a lot of them often are based out of a law firm or something. And right. then they, they, add, they have their TV gig and they have their corporate board gig.
0: But it's interesting. Uh, people who are are affiliated with, um, I mean, certainly they are if they're affiliated with a trade association. But f- uh, with some of the lobbying firms and so forth, they're seldomly identified as such on as when on the, in the Chiron and <laughs> cable mm-hmm. television. I've noted that like a number of people, particularly former staffers who have some gigs, they're they're just lo- they just are identified as a strategists, <laughs> which I think is seems a little disingenuous on the part of the networks not to identify that this person is a you know.
2: Out as there representing clients, right, right, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: So, Julian, what's our what's your what's your takeaway for where we're at right now? You know, we have the 2020 election. Uh, I, I hear, I hear, tell that there's an election <laughs> so, <laughs> like yeah. sometime next year. Um, we, we're getting uh, we got a slew of retirements over the August recess that we're expecting a few more to to pick up uh, as, as primary season gets close to us what what's it like for for someone who is a uh, you know a, is is involved in the search for talent is it are we where are we are we are we in the off season right now let's <laughs> use a sports metaphor i
1: look I, I, again i think for for members who have a, a significant body of work um you know whether it's senior committee uh, chair chairships mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or, or leadership positions or, or just name recognition i i do think if those members are interested in a position um, with a K Street firm, I still think they will be attractive. Um, uh, and 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 again, if they're they're interested in more full time employment at a you know trade association or whatnot, uh, some of those will still be considered. Um, mm-hmm. But for the others um, who might be interested in, in staying in D.C., uh, it may be a little bit harder. Again, it's just the, the rule of sort of uh, you know being closer to. The action, the sun gods, or whatever, mm-hmm. when they were in in office, uh, that experience is going to still be valued, uh, uh, you know, time immemorial by by firms and and uh, other other uh, organizations.
0: And Kate, we've got only uh, a couple of resignations, so we're I mean we're we're sort of you know we're further away from when a lot of these folks are leaving Washington. Uh, what are you looking for in in your in your beat? What what's well, I uh, have your...
2: talked to some. Um... I've talked to other headhunters as well who have had some preliminary conversations with some of the people on our um, list of members who have announced that they're leaving. So even if some of these folks don't end up pursuing kind of private sector or K Street jobs, um, we know that people are having some initial conversations just to see what's out there. Um, I will say that some of the folks that maybe would be most sought after on K Street may not even want to go there. Um
0: Lamar Alexander, <laughs> Jim Sensenbrenner, Will Hurd. Well, Will Hurd is a
2: good example. Yeah. Um, you know, he is currently the only African American serving in uh, you know as a House Republican, and um, Julian, also a former CIA officer. It, so he's, yeah, got that, covert, he's Got that going right. for him, right? <laughs> um, and obviously, has a, a, a moderate you know sort of uh, c- collegial mm-hmm. uh, you know relationship with Democrats. And um, speaks a lot of languages is somebody that I think K Street would would Mm -hmm. really be attracted to. Um, But then I hear from other people that, you know, there is an expectation that he may seek um, higher office at Mm -hmm. some point and maybe not too far off. So. You know, the people who have announced that they're not running for reelection or who are resigning and whatnot, uh, you know, they have to really figure out what they want to do next. And I think they're exploring the options and they might find that K Street is one, but it it may not be sort of the landing pad, especially if you don't want to register to lobby and you just want to hang out for a couple of years until you run again. That that may be that may be a a less um, there may be fewer opportunities for that path.
1: There, there are those, even I know, that, that have landed at a, a firm, maybe have not registered for that reason because they do aspire to further higher office, maybe when things either calm down or change or, or whatnot, right? And and so when the winds, political winds shift, uh, and so they may be using that as a platform, um, a holding place, if you will, you know, still being engaged, still being able to, to leverage their knowledge, but maybe... Um, being somewhat careful about what types of clients and engagements they do take on, so that if they do jump back into the political fray, they they have you know clean hands.
2: Right, and a lot of them don't want to register as um, foreign agents, which that's its own thing. Um, that's but, a whole other podcast. <laughs> but but a lot of these <laughs> firms they want people who are willing to. Um, you know to, to dig in and mm-hmm. not not say I'm you know I'm too good to lobby um, they are all of them going to face a restriction on lobbying Congress the senators who are leaving will have a restriction for two years from lobbying uh, Congress although they can lobby the executive branch um, and House members have a have a ban or cooling off period of one year so there is built in when these folks leave there is sort of this um, expectation that they can't do as much as they'd be able to do once they're free of those restrictions but It's a
1: lot of onboarding yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the firms like firms yeah. make that investment they, that calculation right, right? and and, they're, and when they're recruiting those folks and and uh, again they they see it gives them a little bit more cachet in the market and and uh, uh, you know they at the very least if that person moves on they have a great alumni network right. at that point
0: and I guess you know when all else fails, they can probably like just drive for Uber or something, or you know <laughs> deliver pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, Julian, <laughs> for members. <laughs> Julian, Kate, thank you very much for uh, kind of opening up this this world for us. Julian, it's always a pleasure to have you. This is I, I love our discussions about kind of the state of, uh, of of the lobbying world, and and look forward to having you back uh, in, in another time.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to Political Theater. If you like our show, be sure to rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you just found us, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts so you can get the latest episode of the show right to your phone every single week.
1: Thanks, and we'll talk to you again next week.